This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, that's right, Chris. Coming up at 1 o'clock, Russell Westbrook will finally address the uh, media officially traded um, as far as official, it was last week, but this week you'll get a chance to address uh, the Lakers media. Travis and Slee was brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. You know what's kind of crazy, Clint, here? What's that? I'm trying to just kind of put this in perspective a little bit. The Dodgers are closer to third place than they are first place in the NL West. Padres yeah. are three games back from the Dodgers. Dodgers are four games back from the Giants. I just say that because this is kind of how critical we're getting towards the end of this or getting towards the latter half of the season, you could say, about another seven weeks left or so. Scherzer on the mound tonight against the Phillies. Phillies have won eight games in a row. Scherzer's only start with the Dodgers was against the Astros last week. Just kind of all the hoopla that went went into that for obvious reasons. Plus, it was the first time he's ever pitched for the Dodgers. And then here he is in his second game with the Dodgers. Gets a Phillies team on the road. I, I, I know every game is a much-needed victory for the Dodgers. But this is, so far, it's been perfect for Scherzer. Every game that he's pitched in the first two games are critical. Big stakes, good teams. I, I you couldn't ask for kind of a better position for Scherzer to be in. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm i so happy that Max, and this is separate discussion, but on point, I'm so happy that Max has gotten to be able to channel that competitive energy after a trade to a team that not only has a chance to compete for his sake, but that quite frankly really needs it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this guy brings – the kind of com- com- competitive fire that I-, I don't think that if if you've never seen Max Scherzer pitch live Los Angeles, mm-hmm. make sure you get to a game. Okay, he does a thing where he gets real lathered up, the fastball starts moving, it starts biting, and then he'll start stalking around the mound mm-hmm. after strikeouts. And it's not anything that's super showy if you're one of those people that has a problem with that. And it's not anything that's, in fact... All that necessarily cool to look at outside of the fact that you can tell how locked in he gets. And it's fantastic. So when he's going up against the Phillies and you've got critical games coming up in this week that are going to allow you to either stay in the division race, never mind try to keep your position in the all-star race, you couldn't ask for a better pitcher against the Phillies. He used to be in that division with the Washington Nationals. If anybody's going to be non-psyched out and ready on the road to bring you a stopper start as it's known, as in stopping a streak, whether it be your own losing streak or somebody else's winning streak, this is the guy you want. It's it's interesting because you said something there that, you know, I, I thought when they originally made that deal for Scherzer, got Trey Young, uh, Trey Young, they got Trey <laughs> Turner as well. Yeah. Um, I thought when they made that move, it was like, okay, that's it. Lights out, NL West, this thing is over. Um, everything else is going to fall into play. What was really going to make the division competitive is if Scherzer not only didn't go to the Dodgers, but ended up with the Padres, some some kind of scenario like that, or ended up with the Giants. Yeah. Now, as the dust settles, 
Clinton, they need this dude. This is not. This is no longer a. You're just adding. I get it. You can make the case that you're saying the rich is getting richer. They need him for every single start. They need Trey Turner in every single game. That this trade is now becoming more of. No, this was a absolute necessity for the Dodgers to get. Obviously, these two players, and we saw this. This is an article that came out in the LA Times, but you know, obviously more widely reported. Dan Duffy and Clayton Kershaw both placed on the 60-day um, IL, right? Yeah. So I, I, I only mention that because the earliest Kershaw could come back, he's got that elbow inflammation, I think, I want to say September 5th. Dan Duffy, who they got, has got the left flexor muscle, can't return any sooner than September 15th. So that means you're going to have Clayton Kershaw coming into the final, you know, uh, less than a month before the postseason starts. Dan Duffy, just as an example, you traded for him. At best, you're going to get him two weeks before the postseason starts. Trevor Bauer is not coming back to the Dodgers. You know, obviously, everybody knows that. It it feels that way. This was not a, well, if you got these guys, everything's a wrap like I thought it might be when they got Scherzer and they got got Trey Turner. You are scratching and clawing to stay in the hunt with the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, this is a race, a division race. I mean, I think if you asked – most baseball fans around the country who they think is going to win the NL West today, I do not think that the Dodgers would be your top answer. I do not know that they would be your number two answer. And that's fine. But I think the point is is that it takes a lot to get through a season, man. You know, the moves you've got to make in order to stay relevant, never mind stay competitive, never mind keep up with expectations. Bruh, are you kidding me? I feel bad for Danny Duffy. I mean, he's going to come in. Think about this. This guy's coming from the Royals. Played for the Royals his whole career. That ain't Los Angeles, baby. Mm-hmm. Long guy, lefty. You know, he's going to get in, and as soon as he starts playing, it's going to be about as high Critical leverage moments. as it gets. Yep. You know? And I'm not saying that he's going to suddenly be, you know, be in a position to replace the closer or anything like that, but just the nature of the timing is going to be very difficult. Now, the other thing about the Scherzer element, not just the right now, is the later in the playoffs because I don't know, Slee. I mean, do we really believe that Clayton Kershaw is going to get back to a point that he is definitively worth a playoff roster spot? Like, is it, it, can you envision a scenario in which, be it because he tweaks something else or because he's just not ready? You know, I, I don't know that he's – necessarily going to get back to this team in a way to contribute meaningfully this season. And I'm not knocking him for that. That's just the way the body works. I think that might be a situation where you might have to take him off the board as well so that you don't have him rushing back to potentially make it worse when he does get back. Well, this is this is a worry that I had. And, and Travis mentioned this last week is first it was the signing of Cole Hamels. You're like, Cole Hamels? Right. Why'd right. they bring Cole Hamels? And Travis was like, that makes me think that Kershaw's not coming back anytime soon. And then it wasn't too long after you heard Dave Roberts say it will be sometime in September. Sometime. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens, right? Like, like you know when I'm going to clean my garage out? Sometime, sometime in, in September. September. <laughs> sometime in September. So I, I I say that because, you know, you, you look at that predicament, their situation. This goes back to the Scherzer piece. Bottom line, just look at the starters for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Bueller, Scherzer, Ureas. Uh, that's as that's as good as any three as you're going to get in Major League Baseball. But this Correct. team wasn't built for three pitchers. This team was, you know, was originally built. You were arguing and trying to make claims. We have seven starting pitchers. How are you going to get five out of this? That was the yeah. conversation before the season started. It kind of shows how things have dwindled down. You mentioned something about 
guy like Duffy will be in high leverage situations come September when he comes back, two weeks left to go. That's why the Scherzer piece just continues to stand out so much. It doesn't matter for a Scherzer. It doesn't. Like, you know, when I say the first game that he comes, he's playing the Astros. They're 20 games above 500. Um, they already beat um, They already beat uh, the Dodgers in game one with Bueller on the mound. Yeah. He went out, got the W, 10Ks over seven innings. That's just what Scherzer does. Tonight is another good example where he's going to be in a, a big-time situation. The Dodgers are going to need him to deliver, and most people would say he's going to deliver. Pumped for this game. Like regular, as far as regular season games go, with sort of new pieces, new so new so forth. This is a game you got to watch tonight, Dodgers fans. No doubt about it. All right, let me uh, let's go to let's go to uh, a quick call here. Taylor in Burbank. Taylor, what's going on? You're on the uh, Traps and Sleeve Show. What's going on, buddy? Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, big fan of the show. Um, I wanted to just, uh, talk about. Clayton Kershaw for a second and uh, obviously we shouldn't expect him to be the Kershaw of old or even the Kershaw we saw this season but I think it's pretty disrespectful to not give him a roster spot considering what he's done for us um, and I also think he'll be a good member of the rotation still to just count him out right now because he's injured is not I think respectful of what he's done for us so that's what I wanted to say thank you no problem but that's not how playoff rosters work I mean the way playoff rosters work is that series to series you decide who you're bringing because their place is can be replaced by somebody who you might actually need I mean this is not a it's not a referendum on the largeness of his Dodgers career plenty guys trust me have played pretty well during series and gotten left off of playoff rosters which again can change within the playoffs understand that part of the procedural element of what I'm saying my point is that from a timing standpoint it just might not actually work out. You know what I'm saying? If he can't start, I don't know that. Are you going to bring Slee? Are you going to bring Kershaw onto your series for the off chance that he might be able to go two or three in the middle? I, I don't think I'm bringing him unless I know that he can start a game. I think it's premature, right? Like, I, I think here we are. Sure. I'm just, today is me, August I'm just discussing this as something to, you know, again, expectation management is a big part of how I operate as a fan. And if sometime in September is what we're talking about, if that gets anything past, I don't know, Labor Day, I think it's reasonable to consider what you're going to be doing from a playoff standpoint in terms of lining up your staff. Put it this way. I, I think as we get closer to that September time frame, Pay attention to what Dave Roberts says. Pay attention to, you know, obviously what information we get from the Dodgers. If Kershaw, this is a no-brainer. If Kershaw's good to go, Kershaw's going to be there. No question about sure. it. If he's still has problems as we're getting close to mid-September or he still has issues as we're getting towards the last couple of weeks or whatever the case is, maybe that's a different conversation, but still premature at this point. Are we, um, sorry, are we all forgetting about Kershaw and his playoff record before last year. Right. Are, are we really like, are going to put in an injured but, but Kershaw can't. into the playoffs? I, that, that, thank you, Emily. Okay, this but, is but, kind of but, obvious but, to me. I'm like, that's but, not a. Maybe it's I'm the non LA people in this no, room. No, 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 no. But we can't just pretend last year didn't happen because it happened. It's one of, of many, it. though. That's what I'm saying. I mean, now, granted, it's last year, so you give him that credit. But like, let's let's look at the calendar here. That the com- becomes the conversation the you should be having with Kenley about Kenley Jansen or some of these other guys. I, I think it's less to do with Kershaw. I think if there's ever been less pressure on Kershaw, it's now. Well, he's not pitching. So how about that? That's why I'm saying it's premature. As in, let's yeah, wait as I we get, get closer to that September 5th date. I get it. Okay, you got some. Uh, you got a giveaway to yes, uh, do the there. 2021 MLS All Star Action Bank of California Stadium is coming to Los Angeles August 24th and 25th. I will be there. You might get to see me. 
member of the Handsome Man community. We're giving away tickets all week. Call 877-710-ESPN. Caller number 15 is going to win a four-pack of tickets to the All-Star Skills Challenge. It's presented by AT&T 5G. Plus, you'll qualify for the grand prize. Four tickets to the 2021 MLS All-Star Game presented by Target. Watch the best of MLS and Liga MX face-off. Four tickets to the MLS All-Star Concert presented by Heineken. That's going to be Kate Trinata from Toronto and Big Boy from Atlanta. I'm fired up about that. You're also going to get four MLS All-Star jerseys. The grand prize winner is going to be announced on Friday, y'all. Tickets are on sale at MLSsoccer.com slash All-Star. No one can sell that package better than you just sold it. I'm going to be there. The commissioner of the league invited me personally. I'm very excited. All right, when we come back, um, why it's so critical for the Angels to be relevant next season and hopefully the remainder of this season. Plus, one of the most anticipated MLB regular season games is happening this Thursday, and Clinton will be there. We'll talk about that coming up next day right here. This is the Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Alan Slee with Clinton Yates here. Clinton Yates filling in for Travis Rogers. Uh, Travis just sent me a photo. Uh It's... Lake, trees in the background, having a nice breakfast. Nice. Clint, he's, Travis has got, a, he's got a nice setup here. Did he say um, 45 minutes left, too? <laughs> he did not say that. He did not say that. I'm a little disappointed. I thought Trav would be a little bit more aggressive when it came to that. He's actually just enjoying his vacation. As God forbid. Be. Yeah, right? Uh, who would have thought that? Um, we just talked Dodgers for a second. I want to just mention this real quick about the Angels. Yeah. There was a good piece in the LA Times uh, this morning about Shohei being – kind of the runaway MVP. How can you make an argument for anybody else? Clint, can we make sure one thing by the time next season starts? By the time we're in this position a year from today, Mm -hmm. can the Angels be in the mix? Can they be in the mix for a wild card spot? Can we get Otani and Mike Trout in some meaningful games? Uh, You know, this is a good example, and this is coming from the article that even over the weekend where Otani doesn't get a chance to pitch against the Dodgers, right? Right. And, And comes up in... You know, obviously not there every day. Doesn't have the opportunity to DH, so he's coming in sporadically to to get an at bat. Came in on Saturday, and he said just the mood and the vibe at Dodger Stadium. Fans cheering, fans booing. It's oh my gosh, it's Shohei Otani. He's right here in front of us. You have two of the most electrifying players in sports, and you're not relevant. And, and that that's a piece that um, it's tough to swallow because you want to see these guys in big moments. You're talking about Scherzer. We're talking about Kershaw. We're talking about some of these other players. We've seen them in those moments. We've never had that opportunity with these guys. That's up to the Angels. The Angels' responsibility to make that happen. I think so. I mean, I I think that, look, the Angels are kind of the one-trick pony of MLB. You know what I mean? Like, they don't really need much to sustain themselves. They've got that insane TV contract, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that there is something that there is 
there is something that I feel like I'm losing by not seeing them in big game moments. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm enjoying Shohei right now. I, I thought that that was going to blow up in their face trying to get him to pitch and hit at the same time. The fact that we've gotten this much at all, the fact that I'm paying attention to who's hitting homers every night, like it's 1996 again, you know what I mean? That to me, for right now, as you would like to say, Slee, I'm not complaining. You know what I'm saying? Right now, what we got, they're trying to figure it out. You know, Tony Rendon is down there. The bottom line is that Mike Trout, great player, not a star. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily miss. What, what do you define star? What do you mean by star? I don't know. Star? Maybe half of America knows the sound of your voice. You know, so he's like, not he's a star. What he's not is he's not a polarizing he's player. Not, that everybody... He's not a star. He's a great player. Those are two separate things. In Los Angeles, we understand this kind of stuff. There's a lot of guys that are stars that are not great players. Some great players are stars. Some great players are just great players. Mike Trout falls into the third category. Okay, where, where does Mookie Betts fall in? Mookie Betts is a great player and a star. Well, he's not in front of a, a camera. He's not LeBron James. He was on the not... cover of GQ, Sliwa. What are we talking about here? Looking great with the ball dome, representing the ball brotherhood tremendously. So you're saying just, tremendously. Do, just doing things off of the uh, – basically off of the no, baseball field I mean, is what is what makes you a star. And no, I'm, I'm not disagreeing no, with you. I'm, I'm not I'm saying, saying that. I'm saying what you do on the baseball field matters as well. I don't Look, winning matters, but winning is – like I don't feel like I'm getting – that's the weird thing about baseball. I don't necessarily feel like I'm getting less baseball out of great players because they're not necessarily winning. It's one of those weird kind of sports where you can do that. I would love to see Shohei in a high leverage situation. I don't necessarily know that I'm tearing the door down to see Mike Trout do the same. Really not. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. And I understand what you're saying. I'm not disagreeing. Like when you give me the example of, wait, I don't know, Mookie Betts, cover of GQ, Tatis, obviously, that's a polarizing player. I, I get that. I get all that. But what what the what's happened with the Angels with Shohei Otani, it's brought a lot of attention to a franchise that unfortunately you're going to reach a certain point where the Otani conversation can only go so far because you're playing meaningless games. I and, get and that. We're, yeah. And we're getting close to that point. Well, you know, I mean, that's, that's the, <laughs> well, I'm not going to get into the whole discussion about the Angels philosophy, but I mean, this is what we're talking about here, you know? Mike Trout is not necessarily a super fun to watch player. He's a great player, but because of the way that team is set up, you know, the guy mashes doubles to the alleys, steals a bunch of bags, catches a couple of balls, and then just runs off the field. Like, great. That looks cool in a stat book. Doesn't always look that cool when you're there at the ballpark. All right, so there is uh, MLB is having the Field of Dreams games uh, game this Thursday. Can you explain this to everybody? Because you will be there in person. To, I will uh, be to watch there. Um, so basically, last year they had planned to play a game between the White Sox and the Yankees in Dyersville, Iowa, which is the location of the field in the movie with Kevin Costner, James Earl Jones, cool Ray Liotta, yep. called Field of Dreams. Yeah, it's a pretty cool setup, and like. I don't really know why I'm going. I mean, I know why I'm going, but like, I'm not really sure what to expect. It's probably a better way to put that. Never been to Iowa. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to drive through a lot of Iowa. Not super excited about that prospect, but I, I am awesome. excited about the prospect of getting there and being there. Because I'm really, uh, apparently the deal is, is that they've got like two fields. So okay. there's like the show field. And for those of you who know this kind of stuff, pardon me for explaining it. There's a show field. And then there's like sort of a practice auxiliary side field, which I think might actually be a smaller field. Mm-hmm. But because of the way that the movie works, if you've never seen the movie Field of Dreams, I encourage you to do it. Um, if you want to watch it with the person you consider your father in your life, that give you a little extra bonus. Um, they walk into the cornfields. Like the way that the movie works is that these mystical figures, blah, 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 they disappear into the cornfields and they come out and play baseball. 
there is a way to disappear into the cornfields, apparently, in this field. And it's like a walkway to the other field. So that's basically why I'm getting on a flight after the show tomorrow to then drive two hours across Iowa so that I can walk into the cornfields and say that I did it. That's, okay, that's I'm really going to give a couple more details here. Yes. So specially constructed 8,000-seat stadium. Okay. Yeah. Um, tickets. Tickets are apparently see? through the roof. Okay, so the cheapest pair of seats, $1,000 each in left field. Um, the priciest tickets clock in at $11,000. Mm, don't love that. In total, there are 28 tickets available for $9,000 or more. Wow. I don't That's. I don't really get that. I, I don't know how Major League Baseball, whatever. I'm not going to get off on the whole tangent about that. <laughs> My point is. is come with your paint? <laughs> no. This, this, I am this is what they said. They said, how many less tickets do we have to sell? Sounds good. We'll make up for yeah. each ticket sold. <laughs> exactly. It's just like, I, anyway. I feel like, okay. I feel like you should be giving those tickets away to every single person in Iowa who's ever played baseball in the last year or who lost a ticket to like, you know, all those diamond softball and baseball players who lost their seasons to senior year. That, People that's will what come, right? Thanks, James Earl. Appreciate that. Emily, <laughs> you have on here. So what's going on with Guy Fieri? So Guy Fieri, is, uh, he designed this thing to be eaten there, and it's an apple pie wrapped around a hot dog. So I would love, one, to have your opinions on these, oh, but also Travis's. Geez. If he was here, I would like to see if Travis would eat this apple pie wrapped I'm not eating that, but I could tell that you are a massive Guy Fieri fan because she went with the Fieri. Yeah, no, she yeah, she didn't mess around. Not, the, not, the, the, I thought we were going to get a geef yeti, but we for, didn't. You first of all, I mean? let's just say that dude is the absolute man. Oh. Anytime uh, uh, diners drive in and dives are on, his picture. It, I just stop right away what I'm doing. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's show me this restaurant in Texas. Hangs in my home. Okay. <laughs> I've never met him. All I, that's he does that's is show right up there. and try to make people complete their dreams. That's all he does. This guy could run for president and I would vote for him. No question. Give us amazingly fattening, awesome food. Like, what more can you want out of a person? Right. Okay. So, selling apple pie hot dogs. um, I'm definitely good to have a hot dog, finish the hot dog, and then have a slice of apple pie. I'm not sure I'm going to be merging the two together. I can't. Yeah, that's not a collabo that I need to hear. I'm not really sure what that's even going to. You guys ever had like a Krispy Kreme chicken sandwich, like something like that? No, that, <laughs> no like, it's like fair Yo, food, you man. See I know what you're saying. It's like fair food. Like she legitimately food. recoiled from the microphone in her hands. Is naturally right, how, about, went up how about this? This isn't nearly as crazy, but there's a lot of these spots that have donuts with bacon on top of it. Sure, yeah, that's yeah. okay. That's that's within reason. If you're, okay. you know, like like as as Mace would say, if Granddaddy Perp has visited the home, those are the kinds of things that you, you go to. But like. These kind of weird blends. Oh, the fair food stuff, that, that's, know, that's, yeah. that's next level. I just that's can't do level. the savory and the sweet together. I think I need them separately, like you were saying earlier. But, like, yeah, the donut and the chicken is, just makes me Is this me Emily or is this Travis right here? <laughs> <laughs> that is. I'm not, I'm, I'm not putting ketchup on it. That was my no. Travis impression. Travis is, uh, is the same way. Yeah, okay. I don't like so, sweet and savory. <laughs> so this is what I want to do with you, Clint. Yes. Because when we were doing the prep call, we had a topic come up. And you were talking about. You had a completely different angle on this, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to make for a fascinating conversation. It has to do with Luka Doncic getting paid, and yeah. I'm talking paid. He's 22 years old. When we come back, let's talk about it. Stay right here. Alan Sliwa and Clinton Yates, Travis and Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. 
That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Travis and Slee was brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Uh, Clinton Yates, Alan Sliwa. What up? Travis Rogers doing a little vacation action. So you see uh, you see what Lucas signed for yesterday? Yeah, a couple bucks, yeah. Paltry deal, that's, from my understanding. $207 million. Like a chicken sandwich and a bag of chips? Five years uh, oh, with the right. Dallas Mavericks. He says, it's a really special moment here. Thank you, Dallas, for offering me this. I still kind of don't know what to say because I never imagined this happening. I was only dreaming to only play in the NBA, but now I can sign an extension with the Dallas Mavericks for five more years, which I never had a doubt about. I always wanted to sign this. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna give you – kind of explain this the best way that I can when it comes – when I see contracts like this. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't trust a lot of these franchises that they're – competing for a championship that they really genuinely care to win right I don't have as much concern with the Mavs I don't have as much concern because Mark Cuban is an owner that has shown and already proven first of all they've won a championship but he's proven that winning is important right what what I fear when I see a, a, a contract this and I'm not trying to make a case for Luca not to go get 207 million dollars or cherry Trey Young to go pay, get paid or Shea Gilgis Alexander all these guys if you can get money like this obviously you go grab it only fear I have is there's something about when a franchise does not feel comfortable about if their franchise player is going to stay there unless you're building a contender you know what I hated seeing the last two years for uh, Luka having to face the Clippers in the first round and really having no shot of beating the Clippers I know he took them seven games I know they were a good series but Nobody expected them to even go seven games. You just had too much star power with the Clippers. You got to surround players around Luka. And I, again, I want to make sure I say this because I don't believe Mark Cuban is not trying to win, but there are a lot of other franchises. I don't trust those owners. Hey, look, we got our guy. Let's Building around him and trying to win a championship isn't a top priority. So as somebody that's from a place where this was a this has been the problem for 20 years i completely understand i mean you know you get a guy you get a star you fill the seats and nobody cares anymore but like here's the other thing is that over the past 5 years mm-hmm. in the nba like it's not that we've moved away from what people call the super team or anything like that it's just that the light at the end of the tunnel of yo you can get one guy and it just might kind of work. The Giannis factor here is huge. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's Giannis, and I'm not saying he did it all by himself, but you think about what we'll just call, you know, a more, a smaller market. And look, I get that markets are not necessarily determined by city size. They're kind of more determined by like fan bases and, you know, who cares about who where. But like, this is trending in the right way. And you mentioned all the names. If I'm a team right now, or if I'm a young basketball fan right now, what do you think I'd rather take as the fan experience? Trey Young with his life ahead of him and a bunch of fun guys with the Hawks? Mm-hmm. Luka with the Mavs? I mean, heck, the Slovenian national team is wearing Mavs colors now. Legit. You know what I mean? Because this guy's this much of a star. Or do you want, hate to say it, a conglomeration of old dudes? You know what I mean? The NBA has both now, and they're trending in a direction where you can get success by the former method. And I don't think that's a bad thing. This stuff is all cyclical. You don't always have to go get nine pieces right then, right now to do it right then. You can have an experience. A guy can grow, and you just might get a ring. Dare I say how it used to be. Well, 
it, it's interesting because I'm gonna let me give you an example, and this is a better comp. A better comp would be the Blazers. Okay, Damian Lillard. Okay, and I and I'll kind of always reference this back to the Lakers. It's not like the Lakers are a perfect franchise, and they, you know, obviously they went through their playoff drought. They had to go get picks, and then they have the allure of trying to grab a guy like Anthony Davis. LeBron came in free agency. Everything changed. Yeah. Certain franchises, it doesn't change that quick. You better draft the right way, and you got to grow your players, and you got to kind of go through this process. Portland is would be a better example to the point that I'm trying to make. The concerns you have are with a situation like Their Portland and Dan. mediocrity. Just yeah. mediocrity. Like, Damian Lillard is such an amazing player. He's such a great player. And the the pressure that he put on the franchise came after he signed his contract. That pressure should have came two years ago from a guy like Damian Lillard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And nothing was going to change. You know, what the, you know what the Blazers have been the last five years? And you already know it. Maybe they get to the second round. That's it. Participants. You know, there's no, they are playoff participants. Yeah, there, there's no other really conversation after that. That's it. Maybe the circumstance can change a little bit. Maybe there's some injuries that happen. Maybe you could benefit because just one team had – one of their guys was out in a certain playoff round. But that, I, I think the NBA is in a great spot. The young players that we're talking about, do you know how great it was watching Trey Young slice and dice the New York Knicks and then bow and to tell them, them all about it. a Broadway it. show? Yes. I, I loved the whole thing. I loved all that. I just one of the things that you know frustrates me in sports is when franchises have these guys and they don't do anything about it. And I I'm not saying that this is going to happen to the Dallas Mavericks or as you were saying, you know, use a market where you come from or something along yeah. those lines. You have guys and you don't do anything about it. I don't think that's going to happen. And I don't I also happen to think separately I think Luke is better than that. Like, I think his talent level is not going to allow them to do that. I don't think you're going to see a situation where they sort of mag- – I mean, listen, taking the Clippers right, to seven Dame, games was Dame, no Dame joke. Dame is not taking the Clippers to seven. No, that's what He's I'm not. saying. He might be able to eliminate the Thunder on a crazy shot, but he wasn't taking the, the, the Clippers Kawhi to seven. and PG and – right. That was, a, that was a transcendent performance, I think, in a lot of people's minds in terms of what they really believed Luka's top level could be. Do you remember all the conversations we were having about Luka – Potentially being the best player in the world who just hasn't developed yet after Bro, that? I was having I was having the conversation with I think I was even talking with Travis. I was like, look, one year, next year, you get any player in the NBA, you're thinking about Luca. Oh, you know, yeah. whether you take him or you don't, it's you're having the conversation of saying, Okay, K D, okay, Luca, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Giannis. Luke Emily, is, where is Luca in the MVP discussion in terms of the Vegas stuff? I know you talk about this a lot. Sliwa, I mean, he's gotta be on the list, yeah. Oh, no, of course he is. No question about it, he is. So I, I get you, what you're saying is even my comp about Dame isn't good enough because as good as Dame is, he's not as good as Luca. He's not Luca. He's not, I mean, he, way, no, it's crazy, not that he's how, not Luca. It's not that he's not as good as Luca. How, 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 he's a different player than Luca. I know. I know. But, but you know, the, I, I think it's okay. I mean, if you said right now, hey, do you want Dame or Luca? I'm picking Luca. No question about it. So I think that answers our question of. You don't, we don't have to compare the players, but no. it just kind of shows you the level that we put Luca in. Okay, so coming up at 1 p.m. today, Russell Westbrook will be introduced as a Los Angeles Laker. I want to get back into a couple topics about the Lakers, one of them on why Russell Westbrook has been so really underappreciated in the league. Number two, um, I think it's important to point this out as well. Carmelo Anthony yesterday talked about what it is to be a Laker and it seems like this team that the Lakers have assembled is a closer alignment to what the Lakers had in that championship run in 2020. We're going to do that coming up next. Stay right here. This is the Travis and Sleeva Show. Clinton Yates filling in for Travis on 710 ESPN. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Travis and Sleeva Show is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. So DraftKings Sportsbook, we were just talking about Luka, um, plus 400. Yeah. For this upcoming season, he is the – uh, the leader of the board for most valuable player, Joel Embiid after that, Steph Curry after that, Steph and Giannis actually tied, and then Jokic at plus 1,500. Does that surprise you at all or no? Surprises me a little bit. I thought he would be top three or four. I didn't necessarily think he'd be at the top at the top. Okay, so Michael Thompson hit me with uh, – hit me just texted me. He said, stop it. Best player, defense, Luka, please. Basically saying that because Luka doesn't play defense that he can't be in the conversation – you know, I I say this, but and I asked him rank him where he is in the NBA. He said eight to tenth. Okay, I couldn't disagree more with that. Um, eight to tenth. I mean, I, I'd I, like I, to hear who the other seven or eight no. are. I'm not disagreeing with him if he's going to give me cases for those. But okay. Well, but let, let me say this. I, I don't disagree with him on. Okay, hey, if you want to be the best player in the NBA, you got to play both sides of the ball. I I don't disagree with that. That's fine. But technically, by the NBA terms, no, that's not the case. Jokic just won an MVP. Steph Curry has won MVP. James Harden has won MVP. There have been guys who have won MVPs that only play one side of the court. And I'm not justifying that that's okay, but the way Luka can take over a game on the offensive side and he can put a bunch of guys around him who uh, maybe this is too harsh of a word to call them scrubs, but they're not all-star caliber players around him and take the Clippers seven games. By the way, you know who's supposed to be the best defensive players in the NBA? Isn't it supposed to be Kawhi? Isn't it supposed to be Paul George? Those are supposed to be some of the top defenders. Luka was eating them alive. Yeah. Eating them alive. I mean, my thing is, is like I don't care about who's the best player or who's the MVP. You ask me who the guy I would want is, that's the guy I would want. It doesn't necessarily come down to the awards or the proverbial rankings, I can just watch the basketball and I say, yo, that dude exactly. heats up. These games, they'd be over. You know, I'll, yeah, it's just how it is. It's my preferred did you see, uh, By the way, did you see Dennis Schroeder? I, did you know that the guy can skate? I didn't know he could skate like that. You I mean, he, so there's two Twitter? things that happened in that video that I saw, just okay. quickly. Is that, number one, anybody who casually carries their board under their arm and has yep. not one but two things in their hands that can just drop in and go, that person can skate well enough yeah, for me to, to know. Skate. That's a yep. transport skater. That's how I skated. But then he proceeds to go over <laughs> to the ramps and start breaking out some kickflips. And I'm like, oh, you are an actual street skater, not just a guy who likes to ride a skateboard a lot. So that was very impressive from sure. So sure. the Lakers obviously made a off-season decision to go after Russell Westbrook as their point guard, go get Kendrick Nunn to be the backup point guard. And that's the game plan for the Lakers from a point guard position. Dennis Schroeder, Still nowhere to be found. There were some rumors out there that the Celtics offered Dennis Schroeder a one-year deal at the taxpayer uh, mid-level exception per league sources. So obviously the picture that Dennis Schroeder had in the offseason, or I'm sorry, during the season is much different in the offseason to kind of you know, kind of start to turn the page. I mean, I, I know we talked about Shooter a little bit earlier. I personally sympathize with him a little bit. Like, wow, that was an incredibly... Um, 
gigantic mistake that a lot of people are going to remember, and obviously that affects his financial livelihood in the sense that he turned down four years, 84. But uh, here's what the Lakers got coming to them. Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Russell Westbrook is... Trevor Ariza, and you pointed this out earlier, Trevor Ariza had a uh, a presser last week, and Ariza had mentioned on there about 20 minutes after the trade or something along those lines, Russell Westbrook becomes a Laker. He's reaching out. He's texting Trevor Ariza. Yeah. He wanted to come and you know have another veteran come join him here, somebody that's already won an NBA championship. Clint, this is – if you try to compare last year's team to this year's team mm-hmm. – the Lakers have filled their roster, and if people want to make fun of age and they want to say, "Oh my gosh, you know this is the AARP," all those everybody had we had comedians for the last week that were describing what the Lakers did in the off season. Um, they got a ton of experience, they got a ton of vets, they got guys that the only thing they care about is winning. I think that's a big difference than some of the pieces that they had last year in their roster. It's a huge. Everybody difference. wanted to win. It's a huge but, difference. You know what I, mean. I think that they've also got. I mean, listen, time matters in terms of experience in terms of desire you know you get to the closer to the end of the road the window starts to close you start to press a little harder you know this is not complicated I I just I just hope that rather what I'm glad about Mm -hmm. is that it's all come to like if you told me 15 years ago that Mello and LeBron would be so far apart in the greatest of all time question but would still be friends and still be able to sure. coexist in an NBA manner, I would have told you you were nuts. You know what I mean? That was not how anything was supposed to go. So the fact that we're even at this point at all, never mind throwing Russ and Brody in the book, which is just fantastic. I mean, that's got to be – I mean, as far as I'm concerned, not just because I'm here locally, that's easily one of the most interesting stories of the offseason is a guy like that coming home at this point of the year, or rather this point of his career, and managing to put it together with guys who are this good. I mean, like, it's – Monstars level, like it's it's interesting, you know, like it's 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 legitimately fascinating. Outside of just the comparative points, I think this is going to be a really, really instructive season. I think for a lot of guys in the NBA, and I'm not saying that anybody's legacy is going to be determined, but one of the things that people don't never really like to do before in this league was go out like with other people determining it. Like all these guys coming together at the end, very interesting choice. I like it. Jovan Buha, who writes for the Athletic, does a fantastic job. Covers the Lakers. Came on the show yesterday. I thought he said something interesting, and this is, you know, kind of ties back to the Russell Westbrook. He said, Russ will make or break the Lakers season. And I never really thought of it that way. I think so. Yeah. But I, I, you know, the way I looked at everything was okay, well, the important, the most important player for the Lakers this upcoming season, this is just my view on it. AD's 28 years old. He's in his prime. He's the best two way player in the NBA or second behind Giannis, but Giannis doesn't have the skill set that AD has from an offensive perspective. Um, AD, I thought, has got to play the 70 plus games, kind of put themselves in a good position. I thought AD is going to be the most important player. Then the second, I would say, is LeBron because. He is in his 19th season. What What is – is there a drop-off coming? Is it, okay, after that injury, you feeling good now? You had the proper offseason. And it's not that I don't value Russell Westbrook that I put him third. Is I'm actually – that's the thing I'm most excited about. It's not all on Russell Westbrook's back like it's been in some of these other franchises or it's him and another guy. But I thought that was kind of an interesting way of putting it, that it's a make – Russ will make or break the Lakers season. The way that Russ plays, the way that he will improve LeBron and AD's ability to s- spread the floor, 
their ability to get cleaner buckets, for lack of a better term, Mm -hmm. that will make them better to the point that they need to be at in order to win it all. That's what that means. It doesn't mean that anybody's going to have a bad year. It means that Russ has to get the most out of those guys, including adding what he brings to the table, in order for a championship to be as realistic as possible. Reminder. They had to play into the playoffs last year. I know that injury was involved, but there's still a reasonable distance between them, I think, quite frankly, from a chemistry standpoint, they still got to figure out, and teams that are already successful and know what they're doing and are simply going back to do more this season. So I'm going to just say this. We'll wrap it on the Russell Westbrook front. Man, I can't wait to watch this guy this season. And, and Clint, the reason why I say it is – Think about all the chatter in the offseason. Think about we were talking about this earlier in the show. Every time something goes wrong, a finger is pointed at Russ. Dude's going to have the motivation. He'll sacrifice for the team. He's playing in his hometown. He gets to play with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, Russell Westbrook coming up at 1 p.m. Um, we'll uh, you know, obviously uh, make sure to get uh, clips of that, sounds of that during the Mason and Ireland show. Uh, the dump coming up next. Stay right here. This is the Travis and Sliwa show on 710 ESPN. Okay, so, Clint, let's start with this. Uh, yeah. This seems very... Reasonable. The world's longest basketball game uh, record attempt is underway in New York right now. What's the longest you think you played basketball? Just running up and down the, you know, running up and down the floor. What, what, what do you think's the longest? I'll just say a couple hours, eight hours, because of basketball camp. That's eight the that's the way I'll put that. Like you know, what I'm saying like where I'm genuinely playing basketball all day. You yeah. know what I mean? I'll say because like after basketball camp, you pretty much play all day for eight hours. Yeah. Okay, so but that's not a continuous game. That's the a record thing. time to uh, to break for the Guinness World Record is. 120 hours, one minute, and seven seconds. Um, How many days That's what they're trying to reach, and they would have to go expect it to reach on Wednesday evening, trying to hold the Guinness World Record. I don't don't even understand what that that. means. Um, I don't even know... You know how this is remotely possible. I don't know the dynamics of this thing, but uh, I don't want to diss say, anybody in case charity efforts are involved. But like, I think there is charity. Like, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? I don't really understand. I mean, if they I technically just shoot around the whole time, yeah. I mean, what, is that, what is what is the game? Is that, are they running back and forth? Is it three and three? You, if I go out to a court right now and you say shoot around for thirty minutes. <laughs> Sleep was like, hold on, I gotta in. clear my 18 day. minutes in. I'm, I'm gonna be. Okay, I need a. Can I get a quick little breather here? <laughs> All right. Oh, um, man. I had to run for something first thing this morning, and your <laughs> boy was like, something. Bro, That's awesome. Not great. Well, but here's what happened I was trying to get the lift, forgot my chapstick. Okay. You know, that lift gives you that countdown. They're like, your man's just leaving in three minutes. I was like, I cannot not have my chapstick. Dead sprint across the hall. Made you run and go get it. And then what's the heart doing? How's everything? The heart is not the issue. The lungs are the issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's the breathing. That's the problem. You know, I, my heart can take it. Okay, one of my favorite topics here on this show is when we bring up Kanye West. Uh, it's one of my favorite. And for some reason, um, Funches loves the Kanye West stories. Ugh. Funches, do me a favor. Can you fill us in what's going on right, with Kanye This is right the now? new Yeezy update right now. So <laughs> apparently he put up a tweet yesterday saying that, you know, we're going to move on to another arena or a sure. new stadium and finish Makes Donda. Sense. You know? Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Donda is supposed to be released this Friday. Uh-huh. He he's going. He wants to go to another arena, another stadium to finish it. What's going on, Kanye? Like, tell us. Is it is it finished? What's going on, man? He's just Why pulling a chain. Why are y'all acting like Kanye has guaranteed deliverables? All right, he's hanging out in the Falcons stadium. Obviously, he's going to fall apart in the fourth quarter. That's a joke. But no, I mean, this guy's all over the place, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can see the gear. You can see what he's doing. Don't expect this thing before school gets back. You know okay, I mean? Funches. Funches, here's my question to you. 
why do you get so frustrated when we bring up Kanye? Look, man, I love I like I, Kanye. Yeah. I like this music, man. It's just that I don't want to see somebody fall off the deep end, you know, trying to deliver us some music, and he's not giving us what we want, man. Like, just he's making easy. a good point here. Kanye saved us from a lot. Like, there was an era in which Kanye was a, for lack of a better term, very important black person in America. You know what I'm saying? Those days are over. Long over. You know, and at the very least, there is fans, fans and folks out there this who, is are, all I know. who are still rooting for him on some level to at least complete right? his own task. All exactly. I want like a, to know yes. is what stadium is next. Like the, That's an all athlete I towards the end of his career, you want him to do one good thing, one more good thing, yeah. basically. Yeah. Kanye is the Lakers of hip-hop right now. So unfair. So I don't know which stadium. Let's just take a guess. I'll say where he lives in Wyoming. He's from Chicago. Don't think he won't show up in L.A., Slee. Don't think that one of these arenas is not on the list. Long Beach, come to SoFi. Looking at you, you SoFi. Yeah, SoFi might be a good one. Get out of here. They'd be get lost in there. We never find them. Staples, maybe. But then he'd have to. By the way, then he'd have to look at Taylor Swift's hanging banner. So just. Just See, a quick a reminder. Yeah, I take that personally. <laughs> I know, but they clearly had beef. Literally, there's a song. Bad blood. Just banger. Just a quick reminder. As much uh, when I say that Russell Westbrook, 1 p.m. presser, plus looks like Russell Westbrook will join Mason in Ireland in the 1 p.m. hour. So keep that one in mind. Make sure to be uh, tuned in for that. This is why um, we can't okay. have nice things, Clinton. Oh, sorry, my bad. Another thing here in the dump. <laughs> um, AMC movies allowing you to pay in Bitcoin to go and see movies. It does nothing for me. How much Bitcoin do you have over there, Yates? Let me tell you, it rhymes with hero. That's well, how Funches, much Bitcoin I have. Funches has told me that he could retire at any moment. He just does <laughs> oh, this really? for the love of the game. Any moment now. You could walk off. It's a Carmelo Anthony love, situation. Yeah. For the I'm love of the game. Doing it for the love of the game. For the love of radio here. I still might be the only one that has no idea, understand any of this currency stuff that's going on. I just, you know, I'm, I'm good with, hey, I got $20. Does this work? Can I go see the movie or not? <laughs> that's all. That's all I want to know. You know what? Now a lot of athletes are uh, accepting cryptocurrency in their contracts now. If I see crypto that. anywhere on your social media and, like, I don't know you, instant mute. And you're, like, in my mentions, crypto, got to go. Sorry. Not doing Hard it. Knocks. Hard not Knocks premieres it. tonight on HBO. Anybody watching? Are, are you guys? I felt like there was a time where I was all over Hard Knocks. Loved yeah. every second of it. I haven't really watched it in a in a little while. Hard Knocks, Cowboys. Sort of, you got to watch it for the Cowboys. You got to nah, see that, Jerry Jones melt. That doesn't help see either. All of that stuff. I I I will be watching. I love Hard Knocks. I I take it in every year. I also used to work on Hard Knocks. So that's probably why I'm. Wow, I'm she said take it in. I didn't realize it was that much of an experience during your life. She's crying so, over there. So tomorrow, that means we're getting the Hard Knocks report, from my oh, understanding. for sure. Okay. You know what I That's think is probably another reason why I don't want to watch Hard Knocks? Because it's the Cowboys. You know, if it was, let's say it was the Ravens. I like the storyline. Let's say it was the you Buffalo like the Bills. Storylines? I like the storyline. Let's man. say it was the uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. I like the storyline. I just, yeah, I, I just don't care about the Cowboys. I feel like it's always forced. Cowboys are a pretty interesting team, bro. It's almost like on Thanksgiving. You know where they force you to have to watch the Lions and the Cowboys and the Redskins? <laughs> yes. Or the Washington football I team? I do. I'm familiar it, with it's, that. It's very forced. It doesn't seem like it's natural by any stretch of Cowboys imagination. Have- okay, last one I got. Yep. Rush Hour 3 came out 14 years ago today. Were you a big Rush Hour fan? I was a decent Rush Hour fan. I was telling I you before, get... if Amanda ever put us both in the same show, she should call it Rush Hour. I'll be Chris Tucker. You can be Jackie Chan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if, you, if you missed any part of the show, 
You can catch the full two hours on the ESPN app Dude, or on iTunes. Just search Travis and Sliwa, and you get the full two hours. Another quick reminder, coming up at 1 o'clock in the 1 p.m. hour, Mason and Ireland will have Russell Westbrook at some point in the 1 p.m. hour. So uh, heads up on that. Make sure to tune in. Everybody else that tuned in this morning, greatly appreciate it. Have a good rest of your day.